Philippians chapter 4, verse number 9. Those things which you have heard both learn and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me have flourished against wherein you were also careful, but ye lack opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Wouldn't it be good if we learned to be content in the state that we are, whatever state we're in? I know both how to be abased and how not how to abound, and, and everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to be bound and suffer need. I can, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. You know, that's one of the mis, misquoted verses. Uh, I, that, that's not like somebody going out to run a marathon. Well, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No, that's not what he's talking about. It's not going out to play football. So, well, I can do all things through Christ who strength. That's not what they're talking about. God will give you the strength to accomplish the task that God has set for you. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Notwithstanding you have well done, that you did communicate with my affliction. How the Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel when I depart from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning of giving and receiving, but ye only. Now that word communicate there means give. means give. That's what it means. For even the Thessalonians ye sent once again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire the fruit that may abound to your account. Remember that. But I have all abound, I am full, having received of Epidotius the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in his glory by Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord. We just ask you to touch our hearts, lift us up, encourage us. Help us just for a moment, Lord, to just uh, get a hold of this spiritual sacrifice of giving. Father, we'll praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we do. Amen. Uh, let me say it again. If you have not first uh, sacrificed uh, presenting your body as a living sacrifice, then you will not, you'll have no problem with the, the, this one tonight. If you, if you said, Lord, uh, my body is yours, you will not have a problem with this. If God has got you, then God has got everything about you tonight. Amen. If God has got you, then, then you won't have to worry about God getting a hold of uh, this from you. I'm telling you. If God's got you, what you got inside that billfold really doesn't belong to you. It belongs to Him anyway. So if God's got you, then that should not be a problem being God. Amen. So why do so many Christians recoil from the fact when you start preaching on the night of giving? Giving. It's because God doesn't, doesn't have them. They have not submitted themselves to God. If God has got you, then this will not be a problem. Because you realize that everything you have and everything that you are and everything you're going to be, God has given that to you. I, I, I am His property. 
So anything he allows to come into my life, it's already his tonight. Now look at the word communicate. We just talked about the word communicate in verse 14. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. That doesn't mean when you talk to somebody, we said that. The word communicate is only found four times in your Bible. And every time uh, it is mentioned, it has to do with giving. Look at verse 15. Now ye have Philippians also, that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated, no church gave with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. See how the Bible defines Itself, the word communicate means it means a gift, a collection, a contribution, an exhibit, a proof of fellowship. And there are a bunch of people that claim to be a member of a church. But there's no proof of their fellowship because they're not giving. You know how do you prove that you are in all in with the church that you attend to, the place that God has placed you at? all in on the ministry that God has put in your life. You do what the old saying says. Put your money where your mouth is. Put your money where... It is proof of fellowship with God and God's people in the house of God and the ministry of God. Jesus said, whereas your treasure is, that's where your heart's cost going to be. I, I don't want to go... Uh, here and, 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 and guess. Now, you know, you believe like I believe because I preach time and time and again. I, I believe in tithing. I, I, I wholeheartedly believe in tithing. I believe it 100%. And I believe it's 10% of God has blessed you. If you want to give more, that's on you. But God said tithe 10%. And God has blessed me ever since I've started tithing 100%. Not just in money. We think, well, God, uh, if I give 10%, you're going to give me 25% back or tenfold back. You hear preachers on TV talk about it all the time. Plant a seed of $1,000, God will give you back tenfold. God don't already bless you with money all the time. God blesses you with a lot of other things. I find that when I do give tithe and tithe of my money, God blesses me with peace in my heart. I can lay my head down at night and won't have to worry about that I cheated God out of something that belonged to Him. Amen. But Christians have a problem with that. I don't understand why. But I believe in tithing. You don't believe me, you ask the treasurer. She's sitting right here. She'll tell you. <laughs> you can be blessed. If you can look at your bank account and say that hey, I'm in fellowship with the church and you... <laughs> if you can go to your bank account, if we could pull your bank account and your withdrawals on your bank account and you got more withdrawals for a hot dog or a hamburger than you have for a tithing in the church, you got problems. Not only that, you're going to be overweight. But a lot of times, if, you know, if we could pull up your bank account and we could tell whether you're a fellowship with God, whether you're a member of the church and, and doing what God has called you to do by giving. 
Amen. I, I want to show you some things about this sacrifice that helped me. And, uh, I want you to get it. We, we, first, we see the pattern uh, of giving. Paul gives us the pattern for giving. It, it doesn't leave it up to us. Thank God he doesn't leave it up to us. He gives us biblical pattern. He gives us a biblical pattern. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. When you read a lot of Paul's writings, and when you read the Bible, you're going to read a lot of Paul's writings. You'll never find in Paul's writing where he orders you to do something that he said to do. He says, I'm not ordering you to do this. I'm not ordering you to do that. He just preached the word of God and tells you this is what God wants you to do. But when it comes to tithing, Paul says this is an order. Chapter 16, verse 1. Now concerning the collection for the saints as I have given an order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. I have given an order. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by, by him in a store as God has uh, prospered him and there be no gatherings when I come. We see the pattern in verse 2. We find that uh, giving should be done systematically. Systematically. I'm talking about giving uh, God a sacrifice tonight. Watch, he said, upon the first day of the week. So we here find Paul says, this is how you should give. Systematically on the day of the church gathers to worship, you should take up a collection and should give it on that day. Why? Why should we do this? Because worshiping in your Bible is connected to giving in your Bible. You cannot say, I worship God without giving God something. You say, give me some Bible for that. Thank you for asking that. Genesis chapter 22. Hold your spot right there in Philippians. Uh, First Corinthians was coming right back there. Genesis chapter 22, verse number 5. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide here with the asses, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again unto you. And drop down to verse number 9. Now he just said, yeah, we're going to worship. And they came to a place which God had told him of, and he, Abraham built an altar there, and he laid the wood in order, and bound Isaac his son, and he laid him upon the altar upon the wood. What's he doing? He's sacrificing. So he's saying here, every time there's a worship in the Bible, there's a sacrifice. Amen. So we see the pattern. The pattern of worship is always tied with giving as well. And according to what we read in 1 Corinthians 16, giving is not some haphazard thing. That whenever you feel like or whenever you want to, I'll give the day, I'll skip a week. It's every First day of the week, the Bible says you're to give an offering. If there's no sacrifice, then really there can't be any worship. The word worship stems from two words, worth, ship. 
In other words, when I am worshiping, when I am praising God, I'm giving him what I feel like he is worth. Mm, let me say that again. When we're worshiping and we're praising God, we ought to feel like that we're giving him what we feel that he is worth to us in our life today. Amen. If God has done something for you uh, and you sit back and you can't worship Him, uh, you can't give to Him, uh, you're, there's something wrong with us today. And there's a lot of things wrong with the Christian society today. Is It's not about God. It's not about the Word of God. It's all about me today. And we need to get out of that. I told the guys, yes, Saturday, we got to keep the devil from getting into the church. We've got to stand guard. We've got to be a watchman of the church because the devil's trying to destroy churches today. I'm going to give God what I feel that he's worthy and he's worthy of everything that I could possibly give and more. If some Christians don't feel like he's even worthy. The pattern of giving should be done collectively. Verse number two, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you. Now, as far as I can see and as far as I can understand, that means that every young person, every old person, every Christian, every poor person, every rich person, every one of you is to take part in giving. Why? why? So no one, <laughs> I've gone through this. The reason why everyone is to take part in the giving, no matter how old or how young, every one of us should take part in it. It's so that no one person can say, well, if I left that church, they're going to be broke and have to close the doors. Been there before. Been there. They told me right in my face, well, if we leave, you know, we're going to take our money. You go ahead and take your money. You go ahead and hit the road. God will provide. We just read, God supply all my needs. God is going to provide. God's going to give us what we need. Amen. But you go ahead and run on down the road and take your money. I guarantee you, you might find a place they're going to take every bit of the money that you got and you ain't going to get nothing back. But I'm just telling you, giving God 10%. Why should I do that? So the ministry of God can go forth every day. I... I I know there's some people that have problems reaching out ministries. I, I know there's people that have problems in giving to a bus ministry. And I, we, I know we don't have a problem with that because we take care of it. But there are people that have problems in that because they don't think that's a need. They don't think that's something that the church should be involved with. Oh, my goodness. What is the church supposed to do? Come and collect. If a, if a church is sitting on a bank account of a million dollars, something wrong with that church. It's not your money. It's not my money. It's his money. And he said, go forth. We need to go out. Now, I ain't saying bankrupt the church, but I'm just saying. <laughs> You need to make sure that you got money going out into things and you need to go out. But people have a problem with this. They have a problem with giving. And I'm not talking about sinners because the sinner come in, they'll pull money out of their pocket and put it in a plate because they don't want anybody looking at them. I'm talking about Christians sitting in churches. When the plate comes by, they turn that way of the way. Or pass it down to the next person. We got problems with it. 
But it's a pattern of giving the first day of the week. Why? So that we all can do it collectively. The pattern is also geographically. Verse 2, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store. Now, I believe in all my heart, when he says store, that means not Walmart. Don't take Walmart all your money. He's not talking about lay your money up in the store. He's, and I believe in all my heart when he says store, this is the church. In Malachi, you read in Malachi, it says store up the goods, you know, all this stuff in the storehouse. He's talking about the church. I believe in all my heart he's talking about the church right here. In fact, Malachi 3.10, I think it says, bring you all the tithes into the storehouse. That you may be meet in my house, my house, my house. That you may be meet in my house. And proved me how we're here with and said the Lord of hosts. And then he said, if, if you try me, I'll open, you'll see that the, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon you. Y'all have to, I kind of, I don't understand this. If you read the Bible, you study the Bible, and I know there are some people who take the Old Testament and say, we're not living in the Old Testament, we live under the grace, we're not under the law, so I don't read the Old Testament. I'll tell you what, it's the law that brought us to grace. It's the letter that brought us to grace. Uh, there's some things that he written in the Old Testament that we should still apply to our lives. And he said, if you bring in your tides, you bring all your tides in at the first day of the week, he says, I'm going to open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings Upon you. You know the reason why some Christians sit around and say, God ain't never blessed me? Because you never blessed God. God ain't never blessed me with anything. When's the last time you tied? I don't tie because God don't bless. Bible said, God said, try me. Try me. We don't want to try God because we don't want to give up this money we have in our bill for. We don't want to give it up. I don't want to give it up. It should be done geographically. It should be in the house of God. Why, you say, why should we give in this place? Why should we? I, I believe wholeheartedly if you tied to the church that you belong to, uh, it means that you're saying, uh, I believe that we need to go forth. I believe we need to reach out. Uh, there are lost people in this world. And the only way we can reach out them if we got the money to support the needs that we go out into missionaries and see people get saved. We need the word to go out through the community. How can we do that unless we sin? Unless we sin. So we survive, we provide the local church so that the preaching and teaching can be done for God in the local church. Amen. It should be done proportionally. Verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him and store health as God has prospered him. You know what that let us know? God expects some to give more than others. Not percentage-wide. He expects everyone to give 10%. But God does expect this. Now, let me give you this, this little scenario here. The reason why I said God expects some to give more than others. If you're making 25000 a year, 
and someone else is making 50000 a year, you're going to give more than the one making 25000 a year. 10%. It's the way it is. But I have seen people that make 100000 a year say, so I'm not going to give no more than that person only making 30000 a year because I feel like if I give more, then they're going to take more out of my pocket. That's not what God is saying. God is saying you give 10% of what He has blessed you with. Now, I know some people make in here make good money. God expects you to tithe on what he has blessed you with. Now, I know there's some people who don't make a lot of money. I understand that. I know that. I know some people living on a fixed income. But God still expects you to tithe on that fixed income. And those that's working, making 100000 200000 a year, you are supposed to give 10%. To bless God what he has blessed you with. Amen. That's right. I ain't giving nobody that kind of money. I'm not pulling that kind of money out of my pocket. And give it into the church. Then it, some people get the big head thinking. Well I'm giving all that money. I get to call all the shots. No you don't. You don't get to call the shots. You're giving 10%. I, I can't help if you're making $100,000 a year. You don't want to tie it on to 100000 a year. Go find your $25,000 a year job. <laughs> Solved the problem there, didn't I? We, we got some problems in the Christian society today in our churches today. We've got some problems that we need to get straightened out and get fixed up. And God has given us the, the pattern on how we should tithe, who should tithe, and why you should tithe. And it should not be a problem. And you've got to realize everything that you got is doesn't belong to you. Begin with it belongs to God. I've always said this, God has blessed me to be a blessing to other people. And that includes the church. That includes the church. So we see the pattern of giving here. Go back, go back to Philippians. We see the pronouncement of tithing or giving. Verse 17. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire the fruit that may abound to your account. Now this, this is a good verse you need to get a hold of. Not really need it. Paul said, I appreciate what you did. This offering that you gave. But I'm not asking for this offering because I want something. He said, I, I, I want to make sure that you're giving that you have a something when it comes to judgment. Paul is saying this, there is a written account and God will meet you at the judgment seat and you have to give an account for that it's all written down in that book about your giving. And when you stand before God, and give an account on what you're giving. He said, I want to make sure that you can stand there with joy, not grief. We're all going to stand before God one day. And according to the God, He is keeping a record on your giving. 
Don't worry about the church keeping a record on it. Don't worry about that because God is keeping. Where's one higher keeping a record on what you're giving? That's God. Standing and looking at God, He says, All the money that I have blessed you with and your biggest payment was spent on something that was of this world and not of God. You spent all that money on something that's going to be burnt up one day, but you never blessed the church. You didn't want to see missionaries go out in the world. You didn't want to see the children taken care of. Seeing those that are in need that need helping, but you'd rather spend it on something that's going to be destroyed one day. God says, I blessed you with this. I've given you that. And you're spending on something other than me. Well, I really did need that. I needed that supersonic high-performance potato masher. <laughs> you know, there's only one, and I need to have that. Or that, that uh, hydroplane supersonic weed eater. I had to have that. No, you didn't need to have that. But just remember this. You're going to give an account for all that you gave back to God that He blessed you with. You understand that? Are we getting that? You're going to have to give an account. Now, I understand this. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying if you ain't got it, you ain't got it but at least tied on what you do have. Amen. I, I, the secretary said right there, I don't believe the church is in hurt. And listen, if you're doing the best that you can, that's great. I'm not trying to beat you down because of it. But Luke 16, 1, it says, And he said unto the, his disciples, There is a certain rich man which had a steward, and the same was account unto him, he was wasted his goods. Wasted his good. Now that scares me. God has deposited things into my life, and it's not just money, it's time, wasted time. Talent, wasted talent. How many Christians that could uh, use their voice to glorify God? How many Christians that stand out and give out a track and invite people to church? It scares me about this wasted time. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in the much. And that he that is unjust in the least is also unjust in the much. If therefore you have been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you trust true riches? How can I trust you with this money or this built talent or this whatever I, I've given to you, how can I trust you if you don't use it to bring the glory of God? The money in your pockets is not true riches. We put a lot of faith in money. If the best, <laughs> I just said the money in your pocket is not true riches. Listen to, listen to this. I want you to get this too. If the best that God could do, if the best that God could do 
is this for you? You ain't got a good God. You ain't got a good God. If the best that he could do for you is this little stuff right here, I, I'd start to say, well, I'm out of here. If that's the best that God could do for you. But God says there's a lot more riches that you don't know nothing about because you got focus on that one little green thing and you'll build for it. And he says there's more riches than you'll ever receive. You'll ever know about. But we all don't leave home without it, do we? Don't leave home without it. Have you ever stood in the grocery line checking out, and you're checking out, and you're putting your things on, that lady's scanning them out left and right just as fast as you can, and you get up there, she says it'd be Uh-oh. Oh, it happened to me. And that was before cell phones. <laughs> Way before cell phones. I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I going to do? She said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go ahead and ring it out as you paid for it, set it aside, and let you go home and get it. I said, you trust me like that? She said, I trust you. Because if you ring it up, that means you're going to be short $79. If I don't come back, she said, I'll trust you. So I went home, I got out, came back, and gave her $79. Money ain't everything, people. And the way our government is going, you ain't going to have it anyway because they're going to take it from you. Amen. So we see the pattern of giving that it's pronounced. This is the way it's supposed to do. This is the way it's going to go. Romans 10 says, but while thou judge thy brother, or while thou set a not thy brother, for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. For it is written, as long as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess to God. Then every one of us shall give an account unto God himself about what he's done with what God is in Well, God, I'm enjoying myself. Is that why you didn't tithe? The Bible said in Hebrews, Obey them that have put rule over you, and submit yourself for that watch your souls as they have given account. See, this is what scares me. Not only do I have to give an account for myself, I have to give an account for you. I have to. God said I have to give an account for you. I am teaching you how to tithe, teaching you what God said to do. I am held accountable for how you live your life. That scares me. It scares me. Because some people just don't get it. They're playing games with God, and they're in my hand. And God says, I'm held accountable for them. Submit yourselves. Watch for their souls, because they must give an account. They may do it with joy and not with grief. For it's unprofitable of you, but I preach and teach. He calls none of you, but he calls the pastor, because he has given him the account of each and every one of us. So we see the pronouncement. 
We see the pleasure in giving. People can't find this, verse 18, but I have an all, an abound, I am full, being received of Odiphidus, the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. When you give as a cheerful giver, not begrudging, loving, cheerful giver, God looks down and He sees you tied, giving. It comes up to Him as a sweet-smelling odor. He says, that sure is sweet. That smells good. I do what I do because I am scared of God. Not because I'm scared of God, but I'm scared that I'm not blessing Him with everything that He's blessed with me with. We always ask God to bless us. Bless others. How many of you gone and said, Lord... I just want to be a blessing unto you. I want to bless you tonight, Lord. I want to bless you by giving a testimony. I want to bless you by being a witness for Jesus Christ. I want to be a blessing to you. There is pleasure in giving to God. And God gives back. There's a profit of giving to you. Let me just give you this and we're done. Verse 19 but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Well, if I give this and I ain't got nothing left, what's going to leave me? Nothing? No. God said he'll supply. He'll meet your need. You don't got a dime in your pocket. God said, I'll meet your need. If you're doing what God has called you to do. You gave you what you got to give. You've done what you've done. You're being a blessing to God. You're witnessing. You're reading your Bible. You're studying. You're praying. And, and you're going out and telling people about Jesus Christ. And you gave the last dime you had in your pocket because it was giving time. It was time to give an offering. And you say, well, I've got nothing. God will make sure you get something. He'll always make sure you're going to have your need. He's going to meet your need no matter what it is. I don't have nothing on my table. Not yet. I, I don't have money to pay the rent. It'll be there. God will take care of it. But you got to trust Him. You got to have faith in Him. You got to give Him what He's desired. This, this is the commandment that we are to give. It is a spiritual sacrifice that each and every one of us need to get a hold of. And I understand there are people that just don't want to do a spiritual sacrifice. But God has commanded us to a spiritual sacrifice. And if we're doing what God has called us to do, then this should not be a problem in our lives. It should not be a problem. It's not a hard problem. It's an easy one. Now, I, I, I'm challenging you. If you're not tithing what you're supposed to tie, try. God will bless you. Amen. God will bless you. And I'm not saying he's going to give you money back. I, I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, Raymond Tillman. I'm not none of them like that. I'm just telling you God will bless you in some way, some form, some fashion. God